The All Black Podcast is powered by our official cloud software partner, SAP, helping our teams in black become the best-run teams in sport. To listen to this episode and all the All Black Podcasts, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Kirafano, welcome to episode 15 of the All Black Podcast, powered by SAP. The search has ended. I've finally found my unicorn, nailed him down, man in demand, Jason Ryan, before he gets back on the grass before the end of year tour, before the All Blacks play Japan, Wales, Scotland, and England. Welcome, Jason. How was your break, mate? Yeah, it's been great. Thanks. Uh, great to be on. Oh, look, I, yeah, the last week or so since our Nelson camp's actually been really good. Uh, for myself, it's obviously been uh, pretty hectic uh, jumping on the old Ferris wheel there, <laughs> and things went pretty quick. So it's actually been nice just to spend a few days at home, catch up with uh, some family and friends, and uh, about to get back into it. So yeah, looking forward to it. Really am. Yeah, and I think that's important on two counts, isn't it? One, it's an absolute whirlwind, it's a high-pressure environment, and you've actually got to prioritise having a break. But also, I was hoping and want to ask you, have you had an opportunity to sit back and reflect on the last few months? Because I'm pretty sure at the start of the year when you're writing down what's going to happen over the next 12 months, you know, perhaps what's happened in the last 12 weeks you know, wasn't necessarily um, you know, in your plan. So you've been able to sit back and, and reflect, and, and hopefully with a little bit of pride, Jase. Yeah, um, I probably did, probably for the first time, um, probably about three days ago, to be honest. We had um, some family around home, and um, I managed to bring the Bledisloe Cup, Cup round, so oh, we, we, enjoyed, we enjoyed that. And that, that was pretty cool because, you're right, it's been, you know, since pre-season November last year, super, right through to the super final, three days after that, went to uh, Fiji where the Pacific Nations Cup I was over there for five weeks. Yep. And then stayed on for another week to do some coaching uh, with the academy and then got the call and went to wellington for two days for a camp and then went to south africa so um it's been <laughs> it's been uh it's been all go mate to be fair but it was nice to just sit there and um you know share a couple of memories and um yeah a couple of real special moments with the family and and, and um yeah they were proud and but yeah you you, you just keep moving now it's uh, it never finishes well and also too like I can imagine, like coaching any in any high performance environment is has a lot of pressure. It, it's all go, but I, I suspect the All Blacks is another step up. I'd imagine that you're always on, the brain's always turning, trying to think of you know any little micro detail that can help the team. And at some stage, you've just got to pull back and take a break from that, don't you? Because I can imagine it can be physically and mentally draining if you don't prioritise taking a bit of time out from here and there. Yeah, you do have to get your balance right. But but in saying that, the all black the all black jersey um, it demands a lot and and it pulls a lot out of you. And I wouldn't want that any different, to be fair. Now, and and it never finishes. You're always you're always thinking ahead. You're trying to evolve in your coaching. You're trying to evolve and get better for the boys. You're trying to present different ways that can help them grow as players. Um, and when you're in campaign, you know it's a lot different to. A super rugby season where you've got a home base as such so you're driving into work and you're driving home um, like a lot of the super teams are whereas the all blacks you're constantly on the move you're different hotel every week you're catching up with players one-on-ones in, in, in your rooms you're having coaching meetings in your rooms and you know it's late nights um having your one-on-ones giving everyone the time that they deserve so 
that side of it, um, you know, when you're in, it's 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 relentless, but it's so good as well. Mate, 100%. Hey, let's get into a bit of a warm-up before we get into the guts of the, the life and times of, of Jason Ryan. Who was your favourite All Black growing up and why, mate? Zinzan Brook. Oh, how good. Oh, how good was he? That drop goal from halfway in South Africa. <laughs> but uh, I just loved the way he played. He was he anticipated the game so well. Yeah, Tough. he was a genius, wasn't he? And I think he was... Um, Every aspiring forward wanted to have the skills that Zinni had, didn't they? Because it wasn't, it wasn't just the skills, but he was a bit of an enforcer as well. Yeah. Mate, the secret to growing a good spud and why? <laughs> oh, well, it's, you're probably asking the wrong person. <laughs> the second uh, wrong person to ask would be DC. And Corey <laughs> Flynn definitely wouldn't be able to um, answer that question very well. But uh, I think it's uh, it's time and water. Time and water. <laughs> time and water. And look, let's be honest, it's been a busy year. Is there a spud on the go or is that happened to be uh, pushed to the side for a little bit? Yeah, I had to sort of pull out of that crew, which is, oh, <laughs> didn't go down well either, but I think there could be a little bit of a reunion coming up, which would be quite nice. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. Watch this space. Do you have a nickname? Oh, uh, Mutt. <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, probably uh, on-field name. Yeah. Who, who gave you day. that? Who gave you that, and why has it been hanging around for a long time? Is this an All Blacks nickname? Oh, no, good mate of mine, Sean Cuddance, who we oh, played a lot of rugby together. And, uh, yeah, fair to say I had the odd yellow card. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all for repeat infringements, not dirty play or anything, Jace, I assume? No, not really. Well, Vinnie Munro, actually, he, he marched me uh, He marched me 30 metres once. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him up at the referee's uh, capping um, up in Eden Park like, the other week, and I said, mate, remember that time you marched me 30? And he said, mate, I would have marched you another 10, but we were on the try line. So. <laughs> oh, do as I say, not as I do, boys. Hang on. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah. When Jace is cruising into Crusaders HQ or, or whether he's on the fly with the All Blacks at the moment, what's on the Spotify playlist? Oh, I like, honestly, I, I like, it depends on what sort of mood I'm in, really. I, I love a bit of everything. I haven't got one bit of music that I love. I love a bit of Net Sky. I love... Um, yeah. I love Shapeshifter, I love 660, Bruce Springsteen, Dire Straits, a real mix. So, yeah, I'll just random it up and just get a feel for it, really. And I know, like, every single player we have in here is, like, probably the most nervous thing that they do in rugby is try to have to be to a DJ. Has that ever come across? Is that one the coaches can always delegate to the lads and don't have to worry about um, sorting out the tunes on tour? Well, usually when you're sitting up the front, you're sort of close to the music guy, which is yep. Falau. <laughs> and uh, he usually has to get the odd pep talk saying, mate, come on, this yeah. is a bit out of, you know, this cater for everyone. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, if it isn't in the diary, will you be there? Oh, I'm a bit of a planner. Yeah. But I, I, but I don't mind a last minute get together either. So I'll sit on the fence on that one. I'll make, I'll make the effort, but I like to know things. Yeah. Yeah, no, nah, there's a vicious rumour circulating that if it's not in Jace's diary, he may not attend, but I'll... <laughs> <laughs> it's probably true. Three guests to dinner, who are you inviting and what's on the menu? Doesn't sound like a spud is on the menu by the sounds of it. No, I'd go Michael Jordan, oh, Bruce good. Springsteen and Smiley Barrett. Oh. <laughs> what a crew. Yeah, so Michael Jordan, oh, he loves a whiskey. Yeah. Um, which which is important. I enjoy whiskey, and and how good was he? Childhood hero, oh. Bruce Springsteen will bring the tunes, and uh, Smiley will bring a Guinness. Oh mate, that's um, that's, <laughs> that's a heck of a gathering. What's on the menu, mate? 
Oh, I reckon we'd have lamb shanks. Yeah. Yeah, and I then I don't think we'd, any of us would be into dessert. It'd just be a real good main. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And like, how good was the last dance? I mean, even like just a great watch, but almost a little bit as a coach and a man who who operates within team environments. I know it's a, a couple of decades ago, but pretty insightful way. Unbelievable era. Yeah. Um, unbelievable group of players that were all different when you look at Rodman and you know, what he brought to the team on and off the field. Um, but but they, they all came together and they were all just unbelievable in their positions, but then they created an unbelievable formula that was driven from the coach and some great messages in that. Uh, the last dance really enjoyed every, every part of that. Mate, if it looks like a prop and it walks like a prop, has it always been a prop? Have you always been into the dark arts of the front row since uh, long as you can remember? Yeah. yeah <laughs> um, I... You know, I wanted to play um, loose forward years ago when I was uh, playing junior rugby and my coach uh, actually sent me home because we got in an argument and uh, he said, no, 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 you, you, you're front row. So, you know, <laughs> that, that never eventuated. I think you're built for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you embraced it though, eh? Like, was, has that always been the way? But it, um, And we'll get a little bit more into this, but like you just said, right, this is my position. I'm going to have a red hot crack at this. Was that from day dot, you know, as soon as you realised like this is where you're going to play? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, there, there wasn't a lot, and I mean, this is a few years ago since I was playing footy, but I think the coaching's got a lot better, and you know, probably Chrono started that. We well, did start that around the safety side of it for front rowers, so um, that that's evolving all the time. But um, you know, it's a, it's a great position to play. It's you know, there's there's nine front rowers in any team. Yeah, you put a squad of thirty three. Well, that's a pretty good crack if you're any good at playing in the front row. You know, totally. Totally, and I wanted to talk a little bit about the early days because, you know, you're a bit of an inspiration really to a lot of people in the sense that, you know, you're not a former All Black, you haven't come through um, perhaps um, the pathway that a lot of other other coaches come through. You've done it through playing a heap of club rugby, um, being passionate about the front row, setting up the front row club, um, getting into coaching while you're playing, um, putting yourself about, and, and something I've heard you say a lot about is, you know, just getting out there and learning on the grass. Um you know, do you think that's a big part of your success is your connection to almost every level of rugby in New Zealand? Yeah, it's um, it's a good point. And it's something I hadn't sort of thought about uh, too much until I had a dinner with Chrono, um, who's obviously been a massive mentor for me, huge. And, and he said, like, you think back to the days where you're just doing tireless hours of club footy, driving to trainings after, um, you know, after work, sometimes during work, dare I say it, and just making time to help guys out. And you do all those yards, and it's it's basically an apprenticeship. Yeah. You know, like there's a lot of club tireless hours that I did that really enjoyed, you know, made a few mistakes along the way. And, but got to, got to realize that coaching isn't just about detail, it's about getting to know people and being really, accurate in your messaging and, and and they don't really care what you know until they know how much you care yeah i love that so i think that's something i've stood by and even you know coaching the black ferns i learned a lot coaching the black ferns for a year at the world cup in france although we lost you know it really it really helped the detail in my coaching it helped my manner you know working working with the ladies and and, and i learned a lot and, and that it was all different steps that i took before getting into the professional side i guess and like, well, I'll say at an international level, you're a pretty new coach, but I think, again, like, um, whether it was deliberate or whether it wasn't, you know, you talk about Crusaders, 
you know, you, you have a base, you drive there every week. All Blacks, it's completely different, but you got a bit of that in Fiji. Um, you get at that a bit differently when you're working and coaching. Like, you've pretty much subjected yourself to any type of sort of situation where you've got to, when you get on the grass, be clear and deliver a message no matter what has happened in the lead-up to getting there. It's, it's a hell of an apprenticeship. Yeah, it is, and and players players don't want a big story or all this information when they're in a test match. They just want to be really clear on what they're doing, and I think that's one thing I noticed coming into the All Blacks was there's probably just too much information that was like yeah. it's got rid of a lot of stuff, you know, and um, and and just focus on a couple of key things which everyone knew where there needed to be some work put in, which which we did, but. That, that's what players are after. They they thrive the detail, but that's actually not a lot of information. Like, here's, a, here's a couple of things for this week. I just want you to nail a couple of these and let's work at it. It's as simple as that. It really is. Otherwise, it gets too complex. You know, the game's complex enough. And there's a lot of moving parts in the game of footy. But if they just work on a couple of skill sets that they know that they're good at and keep working on them and then grow a couple of things that they want to get better at, well, it's all they're after. Mate, 100%. And like you did, I think you did 180 games for Sydney and played with some great lads. You spoke about Sean Cunnance, Corey Flynn, Tony Coppolani, all great footy players in themselves. And then went over and played for Buller and the West Coast, which that's controversial in itself. You know, was that, um, you know, what dragged you from um, two of the great rivals from one side to the other? Surely uh, surely that set up upset the local community. Yeah, it definitely did. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah, that, that, that that was unbelievable times. Again, I was working and we were traveling over like oh, hours in the car. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was just a, it was a great time to, to, to play rugby in the heartland footy and, you know, a bit of a battler, I'll tell you that much. Um, but, but I just loved connecting with the boys and we had a lot of fun and went up to Ruatoria and seeing that experience playing up there. And, you know, it's a really good place to lose because <laughs> 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 that just the way that the locals just embrace you and host you and the food and all of that experience was so good. And then I guess, I guess coaching the West coast was a real step forward as well, because made me appreciate that some guys were traveling like three and a half hours to training from Haast, working on dairy farms. You'd have a coaching plan and you'd plan it around, you know, 10, 12 forwards and only four might make it or five. So then you just adapt your training plan, get the iPad out, get them a couple of things and focus on that, you know, that critical few yep. detail in the coaching, which is, which is important. And, that's that's what they loved, and that that's taught me a lot around adapting on the run, which is coaching. You know, you can have the plan, but it can change pretty quick in front of you. So, those sort of times helped me. I really appreciated my time on the coast and stay stay in close contact um, with the Monk family and Alan Monk and, and Bernie, and always try and get over there and and stay <clears throat> and stay when I can. It's a great place, mate. So good. And talk us through a little bit your first Canterbury NPC analysis session. How did that go? <laughs> Someone has set me up here, mate. I've got, I've oh, got no context, no nothing. Oh. I've just gone out to some of my sources, and they oh, said it's very, mate. very important that you ask Jason this question. Oh look, well, I, I, Razor obviously gave me a chance to um, coach the scrum <laughs> for a couple of years in Canterbury, and then the next year he said, "Mate, I want you to be the analyst," and I was like, 
Are you serious? <laughs> and he goes, no, no, you'll be fine. And I get to Jamie Hamilton, and, and he's the all-black analyst now, but he was a um, Canterbury analyst at the time helping with Crusaders. Long story short, I didn't know where to start. And I was, and then the book and Razor and um, the manager Chalky Carr it was at the time introduced the the boys at the in the team meeting and said, "Look, Mutt's going to be the analyst this year," and and the, and the room just went <laughs> dead quiet. And I just stood up and I just said, "Boys, I just hope you've all got my sky," because <laughs> it was pretty much how the reviews were going to run. Again, it taught me. It taught, taught me. Uh, it taught me a lot. Wellington, we had a preseason game. We met in the airport um, up in the hotel there. I think it's the Ridges. Booked a room out, did our hot review. I was clicking on start to play. I'd click kickoff and there'd be like penalties. I'd click on a scrum <laughs> strike and it'd be a line-out defensive move. And, oh, it was an absolute shambles. But uh, I got through it. We still won the final anyway. <laughs> Mate, sounds like you're best on the grass and not on tech. But yeah, I, I mean, but it's it's it kind of leans in a little bit too. And I've heard you say this before, which I really like for coaching. When we st- talk specifically about coaching, that there's not necessarily a pathway, but there's opportunities. And that's always been a bit of a mantra for you. And, and even God being the, you know, the analysis is you know perhaps wasn't your background, but you just have a crack at it. Look, I, I don't believe there's a there's a pathway in, in life. Yeah. I, I really don't. I, I, I'm a strong believer that. I, and I've heard it before around coaches or someone that go, oh, you know, what's the pathway? Well, what, what's the pathway for a player? Yep. The, 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 there's, there's never been a pathway, but there is opportunities. And if a builder is doing his apprenticeship and he's a good apprentice and he does a good job, he's going to get work. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and and some sometimes opportunities come come across in, in, in other ways, whether or not it's um, planned or unplanned. But if you do a good job, an opportunity will come, and and just keep keep knuckling down. That, that's what I believe in, and, and and I guess that's what happened in that first anal- analysis role. But again, for the coaching side of it, the 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 analyst is probably the calmest in, in the box because he is just following the game. There's no emotional attachment in an area. So that taught me to follow the game, you know, game line, coding that live. So it's all part of the story, I guess. Certainly gives you an understanding of what that man does now and how important he is um, to your job. I want to talk a little bit about mentors and sounding boards as well and the importance of them. Like, you know, Chrono was a real trailblazer and I've heard you talk a little bit as well. Like there's real opportunities within, to speak more generally, contact coaching you know like there is probably I think a part of the game at the lower levels we could do a lot more on but um, how important have, have good mentors been to you whether it be chrono whether it be creating your own style whether it be your old man like like whoever you know like who are the people that you lean on um, you know particularly as you're getting into the the nitty-gritty of the the highest of high performance environments yeah it's a good good question look I, I, look I've talked about chrono a, a lot and but you know he, he was just such a great shearer of knowledge and he always made time um, for me and I was pretty privileged to at a young age watch him ask questions learn from him stood on scrum machines you know for all black sessions and Canterbury and Crusader sessions back in the day and just saw how he worked with people so he's been huge uh, my dad dad always um they're getting a bit emotional there dad always just Cuts out all the grey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he, um, 
he just he just clears things up for me when I need it and always making sure that he keeps me humble and um, just keep my feet on the ground. And um, so I always connect with him and just have a coffee or whatever it is. And, and you know, you've got your, your other sort of PD that you do and books and so forth that you read. I love Craig Bellamy's book, Home Truths. It's just so clear. And yeah. you know, he's got a great saying in there around he, he doesn't read the media when things are going well and he doesn't read the media when they're not. Yeah, yeah. He just focuses on the Melbourne Storm. Yeah. So I was like, oh, mate, that, I could relate to that when I went into the All Blacks. It's like, I'm not, if I read stuff here, it's just going to yeah. weigh me down, especially the time we went in. So all that sort of thing, mate. Mate, so good. I want to I go, I don't want to talk too much about the Crusaders, um, but I, I want to ask you one thing, like, you know, awesome that you got the All Blacks job, you know, and it came up, um, you know, in a hurry, let's be honest. And perhaps you didn't get to, say goodbye or or you know um finish your tenure there you know as you may have wanted you know is that perhaps in your future or have you been able to do something around that since because it's professional rugby and the world moves on and we get new coaches in and you're off with the all blacks which is a big focus like um you know how have we left that and, and perhaps how do we want to yeah look well how do we leave it i mean i, I want to leave or always want to leave the crusaders in a better place um than when i came in Look, oh, it, it's a, it's it's an amazing rugby franchise, and, and there is unbelievable people that make that happen. And there's a lot of things you've got to get right to win championships, and that's in a lot of areas in the top office. You look at Colin, who leads the place from the front. Our academy, you know, like 60, 70 plus All Blacks. So there's a formula there that's pretty special that 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 has been successful and a lot of that is down to the people and look i'm going to miss that side of it and it, it, yeah you're right it did did happen really quickly and um you know didn't get to probably say goodbye to the whole place um at once but before we went to africa i just spent like half a day there and just went around and connected with people and said array and um there's a bit of a christmas function coming up at the end of the year obviously so hopefully get to that and um you know say some goodbyes but um Oh, look, it was, you know, it was an interesting time, obviously, when I got the job and how that all sort of happened. But, um, you know, they were all really supportive and um, wished me well, and that, that's all I wanted. Awesome. Let's talk about the All Blacks. You came into the All Black environment, a team under pressure. Like, we can't shy away from that. Like, it was probably the most under pressure it's been in as long as I've been supporting the side. How was that challenge? You know, what was your first jobs to do? And how did you go about it? Because I know there's something else I've heard you say which I really like, um, is you can't be a fan. You've got to get in there and get the job done. What did that look like for you in the in the first weeks? And what is a complete baptism of fire? Yeah, so so I um I I, I just I was really so honest with the boys the, the first meeting with the four pack in Wellington it was. And I just said to the boys, I said, look, whether or not you've played a hundred tests or you, you haven't played, if you haven't worn the jersey yet, I'm just going to be so honest with you, boys. I'm going to give you everything I've got, and I expect that to go both ways. I don't know everything. I'm, I'm going to make a few mistakes, but I'm a quick learner. And and I just want you boys to care, and, I, and I'll show you um, some skill set. I'll do everything I can to set you boys up to succeed, because I know that all black jersey, you know, um demands a lot and and you know i was really honest around that 
And then, you know, we obviously did a couple of things at training and introduced a couple of things really quick. Didn't have a lot of conversations to say, look, what do you think about this? I was just like, boys, I've, I've seen some games. This is what needs to shift. And this is how we're going to do it and why. <laughs> and then when. <laughs> it was a big part of it. And we went out in Wellington. We had a, a bit of a, a decent um, forward session. A lot of the boys said it felt a little bit like a test match. And um, a few of them got to know each other a bit better than they did <laughs> previously. <laughs> and then we just and then we just chipped away. And then obviously um, we went over to South Africa straight into the Oh, the fire, straight, mate. Yep. straight into the cauldron, you know, like it's one place to play. And obviously we lost that, that first test match and then it was all go then, you know, like it was, oh, well, there's only one way we're going to can get out of this as such. And again, training was minimal on the information, reminded them of, you know, how they became All Blacks. And, you know, the coaching staff was really aligned. Obviously that was a real niggly time and, yeah, I've got to say, Fozzie was unbelievable yeah. that, that week hitting Dallas Park. I remember driving on the bus, Dallas Park, and I, I could just feel it. You could just feel it on the bus. It was immense, you know, the pressure. And But it, then it was like, where else would you want to be? Yeah. You know, pr- 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 pressure's a privilege, you know, and that's something DC told me years ago, and I've kept it, you know, like the more pressure you've got on your life, the more successful you usually are. Uh, the most successful people in the world have got pressure in their life. So, if if anyone, uh, you know, if it was a job that anyone could do, well, it wouldn't be as rewarding. So, um, but you could feel it, and it wasn't. It was a, it was a, you know, it was an unbelievable time to be a part of that Ellis Park test. My God, Mato, like yeah, you've hit on a couple of things there that I've heard you talk about before. Like you had to come in and hit the ground running, and actually, rather than giving more information you took information away and gave the boys less messages to work with. And is it that a little bit around, particularly in those tight timeframes, where we only got, say, two or three sessions to get ready for a massive game? Is that around that that goal standard learning, that five standard learning that you talk a, talk a little bit about? And also, I want to ask you, you know, you're, you're getting pretty well known for being brutally honest, but does that come from a place where you talk about you absolutely care and you are prepared to work just as hard as the people you're delivering the messages to? I, I made an effort. I needed to meet. I needed to talk to every single forward. Yep. So that was on my list, first and foremost, and understand them and just listen to them, you know, and, and, and say how I could make them better and get to know them. And I made an effort of not sitting on, you know, the, the next to the guys that I knew <laughs> because that's the comfort place to go because yep. I needed to be uncomfortable as well if I wanted the boys to be. Um so yeah, it, it was it was removing stuff like Super Rugby. You get two month preseason. Yeah, yeah. I had one training session <laughs> <laughs> at the camp, and then and then we went to South Africa. So yeah. it was so good for my coaching. Yeah. Because I just stripped everything out. Everything that we say as coaches, because we all talk too much. Coaches all talk too much. Oh, totally. Yeah. At times, you know, like I mean, how's this podcast going? I would stop. Oh, but man. um. <laughs> But you just got to give the absolute critical information that the boys know, know to keep it simple, and that's what we did. Mate, so good. I want to talk about that that Alex Alice Park test that you were talking about because you know the context is you'd been on the tools like less than two weeks. We dropped the first test, um, 
And like, it doesn't matter where the All Blacks are at or, or what time of the year it is or whatever's going on. An, an Alice Park test is massive. You know, it's just a part of um, the rugby fabric that that's always going to be a massive game. And it was that. But, um, you know, because of the circumstances at the time with the coaching set up and all the different things that were going on with the All Blacks, it made it even more so a massive occasion. And I was up with the boys at three in the morning, you know, ready to go. You know, what did you say to the boys beforehand um, a little bit as well? Because, like you say, it sounds like you could sort of cut the air on the bus on the way in. And, and I know um, the South African fans add to that in spades in terms of creating a hostile environment. So we were, the bus was probably, I reckon, oh, just just on 10 minutes late, getting in you know, through, I don't know if you've been to Joburg, and getting into Dallas Park. Oh, my God, it's feral. It, but <laughs> yeah. it's so good when I say that. It's yep. like... It's passionate. It's probably the better word to use. And the box and the jerseys, and you know they're banging on the bus, and you know bocky, bocky, and they're <laughs> chanting, and they, you know, a couple of beers deep. I'll tell you that much. And then again, it comes back to well, I've I've done my coaching for the week. Yep. It's actually the board. It's their day. It's it's their day now. It's not mine. But I do remember saying um, to the boys, we we in the dead ball line, just as the Fords came in together and I, and I said, boys, where else would you rather be right now? And it was absolutely chocker. And I said, just just promise each other you'll just care about the jersey today. Just go out there and care. And, and they did. And yeah. I, I couldn't have been prouder um, as a coach of the four-pack that day, but it, it was a whole team performance, really. Everyone that was on that bus right through had delivered that. It was so good, and let's talk a little bit in the sheds. Like, what was the feelings and emotions like um, in the shed? You were two weeks in the job, um, and almost had you hadn't climbed Everest because that's not what high high performance coaching is all about. But I tell you what, at five in the morning, mate, like I love my footy, I love the All Blacks, um, but <laughs> but a lot of the time, you know, like a lot of Kiwis, I'll sit on my couch or I'll, I'll be in the stands and I'll do a little bit of clapping and and make a little bit of noise and not get too carried away because that's our nature sometimes. At five in the morning, you know, for that test match, I was out of the couch, I was fist pumping, I was waking the wife up, the boys were going nuts who were 10 years old, you know, so that, that's me at home. Um, you know, what was it like for, for Jace Ryan in the sheds, two tests in, two test matches into his coaching career? Yeah, oh, look, I was just, I was just really happy and satisfied for the boys just seeing the emotion, you know, like just raw emotion the 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 moments in a shed after a real big victory is special because it's just the team and you know like you know i remember <laughs> we filled up the old freedom cup and Bodie came up to me he goes mate you better have a good slurp out of this and i'm like oh how good is this you know <laughs> it was just sort of it was job done yeah um, and i i really enjoyed that moment and you have to enjoy that moment before all the you know the expectations and the media comes and that's all part of it we've got to get that just when the doors shut and the boys get get around the circle and say a couple of words, whatever it is, whoever feels like they need to, and the back seat might say a couple of things and then finish up with um, you know the captain and Sammy said a few words. It's that's when you're just sitting there and you're thinking, this is a pretty special place to be, mate. So good. I want to talk a little bit about you know, the guys you're in charge of and, and you know, I we get a few of them in the studio here and, and lucky enough to meet a few of the boys and, you know, like physically they're so mature. They're big units, you know, they've been training for a long time, some of them since they're 13, 14, 15 years old. But particularly in your area of expertise in the front row, 
you've got some really young men. You know, we've got guys who are in their early 20s and all of a sudden they're in environments where they're under massive pressure. You know, there's media scrutiny. They're going into cauldrons like Alice Park. Um, you know, what's your role to play there in, in helping those guys along on the journey? Because we expect so much of them, you know, like I do as a fan. And, and yet, um, you know, they're 22, 23-year-old lads. And, and by crikey, thank God there was no Facebook around when I was a young fella because I made some bad decisions when I was 21, 22 years old, Jason. I'd suggest you did as well, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, we all make mistakes. I think there's probably two answers to that question. I think, you know, you, you only ever fear something you don't know. So your preparation during the week, and especially as a young fella, like you talk about those boys in their early 20s um, and even later 20s, their preparation is key in getting their week right to set them up so they can just run out and play footy. Um, and, and a lot of All Blacks have made the All Blacks because they're talented, not necessarily because they've had great coaching or mentors around them or people that have really dug a bit deeper on and understood who they are as people and what makes them great rugby players. So you've got to try and formulate all of that together in what, what I call the care package so that they can be really confident in their roles when they just run out and play and not even think as such because it happens so quick. So a young guy like, you know, Fletcher Newell, he's on a, you know, he's in a different stage of, you know, his career starting compared to, a Tyrell Lomax, who's really just starting to come on his own a little bit later. Yeah. And then you've got the likes of your offers and your Nepals who have been experienced, who have been at World Cups. So they've all got information. So making sure we're all sharing that um, together and having those combos. Like I'm big on fixing things on the grass yep. as opposed to going and watching it on video and then reviewing it. The next day, if you can get your iPad and fix it on, on the grass, that's helping your preparation and that's growing these guys. They love devices, so let's use them at training. Yeah, totally. Mate, you've you've now you've done a rugby championship campaign. You've got six tests under the belt. Um, is there any major differences that stick out from being involved in the Crusaders compared to an international campaign? Is it just what you said, like no home base as such and, and that's the major takeaway or is there a couple of things that really stuck with you? Oh look, I, I think um, yeah, it's 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 probably not one thing. It's a it's a, it's a lot of things. It's around um, probably the the expectation of the black jersey is yeah. immense, as I've said a couple of times, and and that's tremendous. Wouldn't want that any any other way. But in test rugby, you're not trying to build competition points. Well, even though the rugby championship, you are to a certain extent. You've got to win test matches. <laughs> and you know the rugby championship you get a crack at the same team twice and we sort of showed in, in that tournament I guess that the second test time we played a team we probably performed a bit better yep. when you look at how that ran out um, and whereas now the, the great challenge about this northern tour that we hit in is we, we got one shot at each team just the once so that'll help our preparation as we head into that I'm not sure if I answered that question no, I think so, mate. And I want to talk a little bit about the tour coming up. Firstly, the selections you're involved in, in picking both sides, the All Blacks and the All Blacks 15. Some real consistency in selections for the All Blacks, firstly. Was that a pretty straightforward process? Was there a temptation to play around with that a little bit? There's a little bit of chat about 
guys returning from overseas. There's a little bit of chat about guys who haven't had a huge amount of international rugby maybe putting them back to the All Blacks 15 to get more game time. Or, or actually, you're right, we're going in the right direction here um, and let's just keep building on, on what we've achieved over the last couple of months. Yeah, it's, a, it's again, it's a mixture of both, um, I think, to answer that. Look, we, we were... I guess we were rewarded um, guys that really fronted in the last part of the rugby championship that really stepped into some some really good form. So, and we, we believe you know we've got a good core there. And I guess I guess one of the, the the great things about the All Black Fifteen is we wanted to have okay, let's have a look that if we get a ding in this position, this player can come straight into the All Blacks because he's over there. And then we go, okay, well, this this position might be a little bit younger, but we see them as the future. So, look, I'm not going to mention any names on on, on on that and who they were, but I think you can probably get a feel for it of yep. those two teams, who they are. So that's where we sort of work that out. And, it, and it's awesome that the All Blacks 15 um, are there, they're playing, and also the fixture list is, is not bad from an all-black coaching perspective, particularly Island A, who had a couple of great ding-dongs with New Zealand Māori here, um, and I suspect Island A up there um, will be a really, really tough challenge where you can learn a lot about the players who are involved in that match. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> like the UK, I, I've, I love the UK. I, I love the rugby and how they play over there, like for a Fords coach. It's just so good you know sometimes yeah. it doesn't get past nine does it but, so <laughs> but, <laughs> but like the, 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 we will have a look at them in a different environment and, and under pressure and again it's a team that hasn't played together so they'll come together yeah and they'll get their rhythm and, and leon will do a great job of that him and clayton they're two great men that'll really get those boys so they'll have a real good meaning around what their team is and what it's about and you know they've got you know good mis- mix of experience which will be great for them and the younger guys will learn from that but the games play differently over there as well like they, yeah. they almost manage the game a little bit better their, their game management game understanding and how they build momentum so that's going to be good for all of us to experience that just a little bit you know the crowds are all back obviously with COVID and I think it's a it's a great lead up for the World Cup and it's it's come at a good time for I think where this team's at Mate, I want to ask you about that um, with this Northern Hemisphere tour. Like you say, we've just played rugby championship. We get to play everyone twice. It's a little bit of a different dynamic, and it's Southern Hemisphere teams. We're going up north, um, and they're on a great run at the moment. Their teams are really strong. It's a great test for us, but also it's for one-off games, um, which while it's not quite a World Cup, it's probably not a bad um, opportunity to put a few things in place or get some good routines in place for a World Cup because Japan, Scotland, Wales, England on their own, at their home grounds um, and the place they're in at the moment are four fantastic one-off challenges, a little bit like you get at a World Cup tournament, which is going to be played in that part of the world under those type of conditions. Yeah, you're right. Look, there's been a little bit of chat around England, but I'll be getting the boys' feet right on the ground really early <laughs> about Japan. Yeah. Because they've beaten South Africa and Ireland. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And I, sometimes I don't think we have that context here, you know? Yeah, I think, exactly. Um, and, and unbelievably well coached, yeah. you know, with Jamie, Tony Brown, and, and obviously John Mitchell's coming in. So that'll be the start. You know, there'll be some little wee goals that will set out for the team and the, and the pack as, as such as well. But Japan, yeah. game one, that, 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 that is the focus. It, it has to be. Yeah. And it will be. And, um, you know, it'll be sold out over there. It'll be. All the grounds will be sold out, be a great atmosphere, but 
tournament-wise and how it runs out, it is a little bit of a mini World Cup, I think. I think how that will play out. So each game has got their different uh, – each team has got their different strengths of how they play, so we'll have to adapt. We'll have to learn really fast. And sometimes we'll be learning in the game yeah. and making shifts where we need to. So that's exciting. Mate, that's a big part of it these days, isn't it? The game's pretty dynamic, whether it be through the rules, rules interpretations, red cards, yellow cards. There's so many elements to a game of footy. We just you have to learn on the fly, don't you? You have to adapt on the fly, and I'm sure that has to be a part of how you prepare the boys. It just has to be, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, and all, all your all your week builds up to that. Um, you know, I'll, I'll always try and chuck a random drill in at training that they've never yeah. done before. Yeah, I love it. Um, hasn't hasn't been planned. Just give them a bit of chaos. See how they react, or you know, pull someone out. No, you're not involved here, or why? And I you know, just you got a card. I'll give them the scenarios they need and set them up to succeed. That's yeah. what it's about. The more we can make trainings really niggly and get them agitated. <laughs> Mate, that is such a Sydney front row thing to say. That is such a Sydney front row thing to say. <laughs> Mate, speaking of World Cups, and, and you've had a bit of involvement um, with the girls, the Black Ferns, have you been watching a little bit? And, and um, you know, what do you think of their progress? Pretty cool to have a, a couple of great men and mentors to you and Chrono and and um, Smithy and, and um, Ted involved. Have you been keeping an eye on things um, with this home tournament? Oh, no, I haven't actually. I, I've sort of been half an eye on the, on our tournament to be fair like with what we've got coming up any downtime i've had i've really focused on that um i saw a few highlights of the first game but i've had some good combos um with whitney hansen ah oh, brilliant i've got a lot of respect for whitney she's a phenomenal coach real chip off the old block that one but uh, <laughs> yeah so i've had a few conversations with her um which which is good and um and obviously chrono's been in touch a little bit around a little bit of stuff so that's about it i haven't actually seen the games as such our partners at SAP pride themselves on powering the best-run teams. Jason, your time in rugby, does any success factors stand out for the teams and environments that you've been involved in? Oh, culture. Yeah. Um, if you've got a team that cares um, about who they are, cares about each other and their, their standards and has a lot of fun along the way, they'll be successful. I love that. A quick shout-out to the rugby Bricks podcast. I just want to. Uh, you did a, a great interview with uh, Peter Breen, and it's just it's an awesome podcast for any aspiring coaches to listen to. It was a great resource for me preparing for this. So I just wanted to give Peter a shout out. I want to thank you, Jace, and say good luck for the end of the year tour. I know, I mean, I say it to everyone, but you generally are a bloody busy man. So um, I hope um, all the best um, for you. Thanks to Cal Thompson, producer in the box, um, and look forward to the next episode of the All Black Podcast. Cheers, team. The All Blacks podcast is powered by our official cloud software partner, SAP. Helping our teams in black be the best run in sports. Hosted by Rob Dunn in the Hargrave Street Studio. Produced by Carl Thompson from Blue and Ginge, the podcast producers. Video editing by Mac Leesberg. Graphics by Western Design. Content advising from Andy Burt. And commercial manager for the podcast is Valeska Hoth. Follow the All Blacks podcast on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube and anywhere you get your podcasts.